Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Saying that 2020 is a bit of a rotten year might just be the biggest understatement ever. But if you're, like me, a Liverpool supporter, then that will have provided some solace from all that's going on. Jürgen's Mad Reds have won the league, following triumphs in the Champions League, Super Cup and Club World Cup, and well, it's pretty great, isn't it? They're the best Liverpool side I've ever seen, thanks to a mixture of big-name signings and shrewd youthful recruitment, but it's also fair to say that the Reds haven't always had a reputation for good transfer business. Unless, you know, you happen to think that Joe Allen was genuinely the Welsh Zavi, or that replacing Xabi Alonso with Alberto Aquilani was a sound idea. The common defect with most teams of the PL era has been that they were often comprised of legitimately world-class players, rubbing shoulders with, well, distinctly not-so-world-class talents. For every Luis Suarez, there was an Andy Carroll. For every Felipe Coutinho, there was a Fabio Barini or an Alex Sissoko, or a, look, you get the picture. I'm Ewan, this is What Culture Football, and here are the 10 strangest ever Liverpool signings. Number 10, Craig Bellamy. It's worth mentioning that Craig Bellamy's entry on this list does not refer to his first spell on Merseyside in 2006, during which he enjoyed a brief but successful spell, reaching the Champions League final before being deemed surplus to requirements and moving to West Ham. I'm assuming him coming after John Arisa with the golf club might have had something to do with that. Bellamy's return to Liverpool in 2011 was a lot more surprising. After all, he had just spent the year on loan at Championship Club Cardiff, and while still possessing a knife for goal, injuries had depleted the blistering pace for which he was once known. Still, with King Kenny back at the helm, the Welsh striker didn't think twice about returning to Anfield. The strangeness of a team hoping to contend for the league title, signing an ageing squad player notwithstanding, Bellamy actually outperformed expectations in many ways. And though he featured predominantly as a squad player, the Welshman proved to be a capable hand when he was called upon before signing permanently for Cardiff at the end of the season. Number 9. Sean Dundee Though perhaps not a well-known name among younger Liverpool fans, and I'm awkwardly going to have to be one of them, so um, take the wheels, scriptwriter! Older members of the cop will undoubtedly remember the ill-fated signing of a certain South African for £2 million in 1998, when I was two. Given the unending 
unenviable task of competing with the emerging Michael Owen, German international Karl Heinz Riedel, and none other than God himself, Robbie Fowler, for a place in the first team, it's perhaps not surprising that Sean Dundee should also make an impact at Anfield. One season and three substitute appearances without finding the net was not enough to endear Dundee to the Anfield faithful, and the Germany B international was promptly shipped out to VFB Stuttgart at the earliest opportunity. Dundee would later explain that he regretted not taking his opportunity in England seriously enough, though noted that a string of injuries were also to blame for his forgettable spell at the club. Number 8. Joe Cole Okay, right, honestly, I remember being genuinely excited about Joe Cole's signing for Liverpool. On his day, he was a world-class player. After being tipped by Mane to be the man that would finally solve England's long-standing lack of a decent left-sided midfielder, Cole showed signs of brilliance throughout his career and even picked up three Premier League medals with Chelsea. The problem is that when Liverpool signed the former West Ham youth talent, Cole had suffered a series of injuries and even though the club didn't have to pay a transfer fee for him, he still commanded eye-watering £130,000 a week wages. With a wage packet like that, expectations were always going to be sky-high and Cole struggled to live up to the hype. He would leave the club in 2013, later referring to his time at Anfield as a quote-unquote mistake and that he had never felt a connection to the club or its fans. An inevitability, really, after being trained in the dark arts of boiling piss by Jose Mourinho for several years. No love lost there, mate. I tell you now. Number 7. Istvan Kozma. <laughs> and you thought Sean Dundee would be the most obscure name to feature on this list. A midfielder who had earned cult status in Scotland after impressing during three seasons at Dunfermline, Istvan Kozma was recruited by new Reds boss Graeme Souness in 1991, as he sought to shake up a then-aging Liverpool squad. Despite finding success north of the border, Kozma was not equipped to deal with the physical nature of the English game, and often found himself on the receiving end of many crunches tackles, which seems a little odd to me, given the Scottish game can be summed up by Taggart explaining there's been a murder multiple times in every match. Number 6. Charlie Adam After a standout season as one of the stars of a struggling Blackpool side that saw him narrowly missing out on winning the PFA Players Player of the Year award, Charlie Adam was legitimately hot property in 2011. Reds boss Kenny Dalglish came calling and Liverpool signed the midfielder for close to £7 million over the summer. Unfortunately, Adam would go on to find out that being the best player in a team that finished second bottom in the Premier League doesn't necessarily translate to becoming one of the top players in a team that was meant to be challenging for the title. However, Adam would enjoy some success during his time at Anfield, as the club went on to win the League Cup and Wembley on penalties, despite Adam failing to convert his spot kick that is still, I'm told, waiting to re-enter orbit. However, after struggling to establish himself in the first team, Adam would depart that same summer, moving to Stoke City for 4 million quid, where he would go on to take the most embarrassing corner I've ever seen, second to only Iago Aspas's against Chelsea in the cursed match that can't be named. Number 5. Alex Manninger The life of a third-choice goalie is a strange one at the best of times. Essentially the living embodiment of break in case of emergency, the keepers provide experience to the squad and pick up a paycheck every week, despite rarely being called into action. With all that being said, it's still hard to explain just how strange it was that Jurgen Klopp decided to sign 39-year-old Alex Manninger during a 
Spurs' first summer in charge. A member of Arsenal's 1998 title-winning squad, Malinger had enjoyed the career of a footballing journeyman across Europe before turning up at Anfield initially just to maintain match fitness. Klopp's decision to keep the former Austria international around for his experience made perfect sense at the time, but it was certainly strange to see Liverpool sign a player who had last played in the Premier League when many of his new colleagues were still in school. Number 4. Ricky Lambert Oh Ricky, of all the transfers in this list, it was you who I wanted to work the most. Unlike some of his contemporaries on this list, it's not that Lambert was a bad player. He had a proven goal-scoring record at just about every club he had turned out for previously. Nor did Liverpool pay an extortionate fee for the 33-year-old services at just £4 million. The problem was, if you're attempting to bounce back from the sale of one of your best players, bringing in someone that fancy as a worthy replacement serves as a statement of intent going forward. Unfortunately, but somewhat expectedly, Lambert proved to be no Luis Suarez during his time on Merseyside, managing just three goals from 36 appearances in all competitions before being hastily moved on to West Brom the following year. Still though, it was a fairy tale return in at least some ways. Number 3. Stephen Corker Despite the concept of signing an unglamorous defender who had yet to properly establish himself with a big club being seemingly right out of the Roy Hodgson playbook, it was actually current boss Jurgen Klopp who decided to bring Stephen Corker in on loan in 2016. Unlike Hodgson though, Klopp decided that the best way to utilise Corker's talents was to play him completely out of position as a makeshift forward, bringing him on in the final minutes of the game to be a nuisance to the opposition defence. In the end, Corker's time at Anfield amounted to just three league substitute appearances as an emergency striker for reasons. Number 2. Mario Balotelli Though raw talent certainly goes a long way with considering potential transfers for a football team, considering a player's disciplinary record both on and off the pitch is of equal importance when deciding whether or not they would be a good fit for a club. Which is why more than a few eyebrows were raised when it was announced that controversial forward Mario Balotelli would be returning to English football after signing with the Reds for a fee reported to be in the region of £15 million in 2014. Just months after them, boss Brendan Rodgers had stated that the move categorically wouldn't take place. Unfortunately, the Balotelli who had scored 18 goals in Italy the previous season was nowhere to be seen, and the Italian striker managed just one solitary, measly league goal for Liverpool before being loaned back to AC Milan the following season. It was the definition of a panic buy and typified old Brendan's weird moves in the transfer market. And number one, Paul Konczewski. Oh, Paul Konczewski. God, this is just... Wow, bringing all, bringing all the memories back today, aren't we? Roy Hodgson's six-month stint in charge of Liverpool in the latter half of 2010, aka the Dark Years, saw the man who would later serve as England boss preside over one of the most forgettable periods in the club's history. With a string of strange signings to boot, all capped off by Paul Konczewski's mum clapping back at supporters for criticising her son's dreadful form for the Reds. There's no denying that Hodgson is a talented manager, and one who is perhaps underestimated by opponents and the media, but I don't think there's any skirting around the fact he misjudged the gravity of the job he'd just accepted when he replaced Rafa Benitez in 2010. If he did, he probably wouldn't have signed Paul Bloody Konczewski, or Christian Paulson, or Milan Jovanovic, oh god Christ alive. While a dependable defender on his day, Konczewski just didn't have the quality to thrive at Anfield. He immediately fell out of favour following Hodgson's sacking and was sent out on loan to Championship Club Nottingham Forest for the remainder of the 2010-2011 season, before moving permanently to Leicester. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.